Let's bow as we pray. Our great God, we stand in awe of you. You are marvelous in all your ways, beautiful in all your works, glorious in your holiness. And we come today asking that you will give us open hearts to all that you have for us and a willingness to bend to your will and do that which would please you and honor you. In these moments, we ask that your Holy Spirit may be upon us, preacher and people alike, that we may sense your presence and your power in our midst. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Don't go to Jerusalem. It's a dangerous place. It's infiltrated with terrorists. A car crowded street, a people packed sidewalk, and all of a sudden, an explosion. Blood in the street, broken glass, bodies. Thirty minutes later, the street again is filled with cars, the sidewalk with people. These incidents take place so frequently in Jerusalem that they are experts at cleaning up and within almost moments later you hardly know that a tragedy had occurred. But the Middle East has always been in turmoil and Jerusalem is in the middle of the Middle East, just not at the present time. But through the centuries, there's been turmoil and trouble of every kind. It's the Assyrians, it's the Babylonians marching through Jerusalem and tearing down the walls and destroying the temple. It's, it's the Medo-Persians and then the Egyptians and then the Greeks and then the Romans. Jerusalem is just not a safe place. Open your Bibles with me to Isaiah, the 40th chapter. What a glorious chapter this is. And if you were making a list of 10 significant, super important 
Bible chapters, Isaiah 40 would have to be on that list. So you'd have five from the Old Testament and five leading chapters from the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, what you'd have Genesis 1, the creation, Genesis 3, the, the fall. You'd have to have Psalm 23, of course, on that list as well. And uh, then you'd have to have Isaiah chapter 40 and add Isaiah chapter 53 and you've got your five from the Old Testament. But Isaiah is the prophet during the time of King Hezekiah. And he comes with this message, comfort, comfort for the people. And what's this all about? Where was Isaiah preaching? In the temple that Solomon had built? No, the temple was for the sacrifices that you find listed in Leviticus, the first seven chapters. And uh, was, was he preaching in a synagogue? Ah, no, there were no synagogues until 300 years later. Isaiah is a street preacher. That's where he's bringing his message to the people in the crowded, narrow streets of Jerusalem, twisting and winding themselves through the city as the people pack them. This is where he is preaching. And this is where he lifts up his voice Comfort, comfort ye my people. Now, he says it's the message from God he has. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, says your God. Who does not want to be comfortable? But this was not a time to be comfortable. The Assyrians were coming after the city of Jerusalem. Now, already, Sennacherib, with his great Assyrian army, had taken the ten tribes from the north and wiped them out, taken captives, destroyed them. And now he's descending on the two tribes in the south of the kingdom. And if the ten tribes, with all their armies and people, in the north could not withstand the Assyrian army under Sennacherib. What chance do the people in just a two-tribe kingdom in the south, so much smaller, so fewer people, such a smaller army? Not at all and his troops have surrounded the city. Now they had arranged it so that Jerusalem had military outposts which were to seize the enemy first and wipe them out before they got to the walls of the city. And, but they had taken those and the biggest and most important one of those was on the south side of Jerusalem a ways a bit. The city of Lachish, they had taken it 
it was gone. There was nothing left of it. And now they're taunting the people of Jerusalem and King, King Hezekiah. Now it is, of course, that the people are afraid. They're uneasy. You, you think uh, that we live in a world now where there are people who are under stress and tension. Well, how would you like your city surrounded by an Assyrian army that had already wiped out the 10 northern tribes and now they're coming after you? Everyone has the tremors, everyone has the shakes, no one is at ease. What does it mean to be comfortable? When are you comfortable? Do you have a chair in your house that you like? And uh, uh, you can't, after a day of work, wait to get home to it and find it there and just sort of sink into it and relax and let the tension just drip out of the ends of your fingers and your toes and just relax. You're comfortable. Lay your worries aside and not bother with them. And just sort of maybe even before dinner, have a little snooze in your favorite comfortable chair. Ah, that's it, comfort. But there's no comfort here. There's nothing but worry, anxiety, stress of every kind. That's what it is. And that's when Isaiah comes with this message, comfort. With the Assyrians around, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. With the city about to be taken, <laughs> oh, how can you relax in such a situation? How can you drain the tension out of your system? How can you uh, be calm in, at such a time as this? But the message is the same. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, says the Lord. Do you have your problems? What are your difficulties? Do you have problems at work that make you uneasy? Perhaps a boss, a supervisor who is a little hard and has high expectations? Or are you a person who somehow you don't know how it happened, but you, you got neighbors that are hard to live with? and you just don't know what's going to take place next. Or you have family problems. There are a lot of family problems. Grown kids that are a disappointment to you. A marriage that frustrates you. You don't know how you ever got into this, but there you are, and you're sort of just sticking it out, hanging in there? Or do you have health problems? 
You go to the doctor. For you, he has no good news. It always seems to be bad. It's another prescription. And uh, perhaps he says, you're going to have surgery. There are problems aplenty without having any Assyrians around. We don't get rid of our problems, our difficulties, circumstances over which we have no control whatsoever. And consequently, we're stressed and tensed up and can't relax. Comes Isaiah. From God, comfort ye, comfort my people. Slow down, dump your worries, relax. Remember, God is in charge. He's going to bring you through whatever problem you have. He's going to surround you with his love and care. Somehow, you don't know how, but somehow he is going to protect you, yes. And somehow, what today seems like a mountain of a problem will sort of melt away and be gone. Your fears, your anxiety, comfort you. This word comfort shows up in the New Testament. Uh, John's Gospel. It's on the lips of Jesus. And uh, that last night when he was with his disciples, and they were terrorized. Uh, and... They knew that Jesus was going to be seized and slaughtered. He told them that. What would they do without their master? And would they be next killed? If Jesus was gone, they were candidates too for the hatred of the Jewish priests. Annas and Caiaphas. And the future seemed all, all dark and clouded. It, it, was, it was uncertain what it would be. John 14, verse 16, where he says, I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another comforter. Or verse 26 in the same chapter of John, where, where we read very carefully also the same thing. The Comforter, who is the Holy Ghost, who the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. The Comforter. Or in chapter 15, verse 26, the same Say, the Comforter, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth. Or chapter 16, verse 7, you find the same. 
almost, and where Jesus tells them very plainly, expedient for you that I go away, for if I don't go away, the comfortor will not come. The comfortor, another comforter. He was a comforter. He's leaving, but there'll be another comforter. You have been in some Bible class. You've heard some preacher talk about the paraclete. Paraclete, that is a Greek word and referring the paraclete, of course, is the Holy Spirit. And this refers to the third person of the Trinity. And the word paraclete is the Greek word that has been twisted and warped and massaged and abused and made an English word out of it. And you end up with paraclete, whatever. That's not the Greek word. It's a, a homemade word, a manufactured word, paraclete. The Greek word behind a comforter is parakletus. Now, the word parakletus is a compound. That means it's made up of two, two words, two words. The para is one word, the preposition. You open your dictionary, you go home, you look in your dictionary, you'll have two pages of words that begin with para. Oh, we've made use of it in our English language, stolen the word from the Greeks. Uh, paramedic, a paralegal, and on it goes and goes. What, what does it mean? A paramedic is someone who's not a doctor, but he works with and alongside of a doctor. A paralegal, not a lawyer, but he, he helps. He's alongside of the lawyer helping. So the Greek word parakletos, so there's a, the preposition para, and then the verb kaleo, to call. So comforter is one called alongside to help. Oh, sure good to have someone alongside. Uh, you have a little daughter, three, four years old, and you say, why don't you go in the bedroom and get your doll? And she says, oh, daddy, it's dark in there. But he says, I'll go with you. She's reaching for your hand. And with you alongside of her, it's okay. The darkness is okay. And there are a lot of situations in life 
where you don't want to be alone. And you want a helper, someone alongside of you. That's his word, comforter. Someone who's with you to help you. Now something interesting. Uh, back around 280, 280 years before Christ, the Jews were scattered all over the Roman Empire. And Greek was a prevailing language because of the conquests of the Greek general, Alexander the Great. And the Jews, uh, they were not just in Jerusalem, and, uh, what we say is Israel. They were in Rome, a lot of them. They were in Alexandria, Egypt. They were in Ephesus. They were in Antioch in Syria. And because of one generation and another generation, they're no longer speaking Hebrew. They can't uh, understand it. They're, not, not, they're, they're talking the language of the empire, which was Greek, which means they could not read their Bible. Big problem. So 280 B.C., 70 Jewish scholars in Alexandria, Egypt, translated the Bible, the Old Testament was all that existed then, translated the Old Testament into the Greek language. And this is called the Septuagint, which means 70, 70 scholars, translating it. And uh, this was the Bible of the Jewish people throughout the known world at that time. They're reading the Old Testament, the Septuagint, in the Greek language, not the Hebrew. And when you would come in the Septuagint, to Isaiah 40, and it talks about comfort, comfort, the people. Oh, there's that word, parakletus. God is alongside of you to help you. So take it easy, relax. You don't have to worry about those Assyrians. Wait a minute, they're there. Don't get fussed up about them. Don't, don't get uh, in all a frenzy about those Assyrians who've surrounded your city. Oh, no. The God is there, he'll help you. And he goes on in this chapter. It's amazing. How's he, what's he going to do? How's he going to help? Well, you, you look at uh, verse 11. He's a shepherd. He'll gather the lambs in his arms. Uh, the shepherd in that part of the world lived with the sheep. 
Uh, they were not now. You have sheep now, you put them out to pasture. But there, he lived with his flock because he had to move where there was pasture. He was there 24 hours, 24-7 with his sheep. A lamb is bruised, has a bad leg. He gathers it in his arms and carries them. Isaiah saying, God is like a shepherd. He knows when you're hurt, he'll help you. He knows when you can't walk, he'll pick you up and carry you. He knows when the wolf is coming for his dinner and he'll take care of the wolf. Don't worry about all these things. God is a shepherd and he will take care of you 24-7 like, like the shepherd does. Oh. And he's powerful. Forget the Assyrians. God is great. He says what? That the, the oceans down here, he says in here. Verse 12, uh, the waters, 97% of our globe is water, oceans. It's nothing to the Lord. It's like a drop in a bucket to him. Oh, my. And the nations, oh, the nations, he says here, uh, are like also a drop in a bucket. These, these, these nations that you are afraid of, these Assyrians coming down on you, I can take care of them. Don't worry about it. Relax. Go about your duties. Don't worry about all of this. God has power. The key, I said chapter 40 was a key chapter, not only in Isaiah, but in the Bible. And the key verse, you should mark it, in Isaiah 40 is at the end, the end of verse 9. Behold your God. See who God is. Once you see who God is, all this other stuff is not that big. Once you see who God is, the problem that just was like a mountain will melt before you. Once you see who God is, these circumstances that surround you over which you have no control whatsoever will not trouble you. Once you see who God is, you can relax. You can be comfortable. Comfort ye, comfort my people. But the Jews in Jerusalem were in trouble. They could not 
relax. The Assyrians were there. Wouldn't you see them? It was not be days until Jerusalem would fall to the enemy. It was a matter of hours and they would be wiped out, either killed or taken as slaves to Assyria. Isaiah's in the street calling to the crowds, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. They had a hard time accepting that. They tried to go to bed that night, but they could not sleep. Before dawn, would the Assyrians be on them? But that night, that night, the angel of the Lord. Read all about it in 2 Kings 18 and 19. The angel of the Lord with a sword came through the camp of the Assyrians. And there were dismembered bodies and blood all over the place. And before the sun came up over the mountains of Moab, in the east, there were 185,000 dead Assyrian soldiers. Sennacherib took the tattered remnants of his troops and is hurrying back to Nineveh. It's all over. The walls of Jerusalem are still standing. The Jews are still alive. And what seemed like death at the door melted away in the morning sun. God will help you with whatever difficulties, whatever threats, whatever dangers, whatever problems come your way. You can be comfortable, relaxed, stress-free, knowing that God is in charge. Has thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, nor is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. Those that are faint, he lifts up. Yes, he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. 
But they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let's pray. Forgive us, we pray, for being in such a dither about all the things that would bother and trouble us and disrupt our lives. Give us, O oh God, an abiding trust in you, an unfailing faith that you are in charge. And if you can take care of huge alien armies, certainly you can take care of any problems that come our way. Teach us how to trust you, to walk with you, to know that you are alongside of us, helping us, and that it's going to be all right. You're in charge, and we don't need to fret and stew and fume about this and that, because you are our God and we are your people. In Jesus' name, amen.